Thou, we went to New York to spread my dad's ashes. That's where my dad is from. Uh, we stayed up with my aunt Tina and uncle Richard. They live in Endicott, New York, which is about uh, three, three and a half hours from Manhattan. Uh, they call it upstate. To me, it looks downstate. Uh, it's, it's near the Pennsylvania border, Scranton, where the office was filmed. Okay, some exteriors were filmed there, season one. Uh, but we went out there. We stayed there for three nights. Uh, the first thing that hit me was NY, upstate, downstate, the Burbs, uh, Endicott specifically. It's built different. Like, there were no fences in my Aunt Tina's backyard. We go out there. We spent a lot of time just hanging in the backyard. Uncle Richard did a amazing setup, like this garden he built with heavy rocks and it was a whole deal um but we hang out there we hung out there and you just see your neighbors there's there's no fences uh uncle richard said there's like a little divot that indicates property line but you can't see it from the naked eye from where i was sitting uh so you just see houses it's completely uh foreign to us we're used to like suburbs in california Northern and Southern California, it's like house design A, house design B, these giant uh, developers like D.R. Horton or KB Home or whatever. They build a couple hundred houses, house design A, house design B, house design C. Repeat, house design A, house design B, house design C, right next to each other, three feet apart from each other sometimes. Um, but in my Antina's, you're just looking at your neighbors and there's no rhyme or reason uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's bedlam. It's madness. Um, your mom is originally or from like, she spent a lot of her childhood in Maryland Yeah, and it was the same way she remembers that no yeah. fences, just open space between neighbors. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It, you know what? It's more visually pleasing. Yes. We have all these little fences that yeah. block your view and separate us. We're all in our little squares. Uh, serving the man, working for the man, paying homage to the man, paying taxes to the man. Uh, but there's a real, like, just openness. Uh, we saw some neighbors just watering their plants, doing their thing, walking around. Uh, and it was just, it was like, well, what is, what is this? <laughs> what is this madness? But if you think about it, they're, like, they're first because they're on the East Coast. So we, or uh, developers turned turned uh, to the well it comes down to money and being able to produce as many houses in as tightest space as possible for as much money as possible connections small town usa endicott new york my aunt like the house they currently live in which we stayed in uh the the previous owners she went to school with their son she runs into people at the market uh the house that she moved from uh, was sold to someone she used to work with. At like, and Endicott has about 13,000 people. Um, but it's just so many like connections. And so like, I run into people. I know people. Did you kill a gnat? I just killed a baby spider. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh, but again, completely different. Completely, completely foreign to uh, our way of life. Lots more personal connections. Lots yeah. more um, just... Human connection. Yeah. Whereas we go through 
a realtor, a stranger. Yeah. All our neighbors are strangers. Yeah. We, we don't. It's ironic because uh, they, they have space in between them. Uh, they're not huge plots of land, but they got a little grass um, between her and her neighbors. Uh, and they know each other. And like Uncle Richard was telling me, I, for no reason whatsoever, we're just randomly talking, but we're standing in the driveway. And he's like, he points to the house across the street. Yeah, they're from uh, Warsaw. They came from Warsaw. And then they came over here and they really made a life. How do they make their money, Uncle Richard? Oh, he was a teacher. And I was like, what? <laughs> and and there's space in between the neighbors. We are on top of our neighbors in this little uh, condominium complex. We don't know Jack, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, it's strange. But actually, we're, uh, probably the better uh, statement is that we're strange. <laughs> and what they're doing, what they're up to. Uh, is not strange. Yeah, it's hard to tell if this not knowing anything about your neighbors, is that a cultural thing or is that just you and I? Because you and I are pretty antisocial and keep to ourselves. Yeah. Apart from baking bread for our neighbors at Christmas time. Yes, yes. And that's coming up. Uh, so I really, I've been out there once. Uh, I was 13, so I didn't really know what was happening or I was just an idiot kid. But I really wanted to soak in the ambiance of small town USA, Endicott, New York. Uh, so I said, take me to your finest McDonald's. I want to compare the menu and take me to your local Dollar Tree so I can, uh, compare the inventory mix. What's going on? What products do you have? What products do you don't? Um, local celebrities, honey, from Endicott, New York. Comedians Amy and David Sedaris. Wow. Very fascinating. Um, and, uh, oop. so going back to tradition and roots and family, uh, my dad and his sister, their family, grew up in Endicott. Uh, we went by their high school. My dad was a star wrestler there, kicked much ass. So I said, let me in on the wrestling gym and I'll take down a freshman, maybe even a sophomore. Okay, I'll, I'll wrangle with him. I'll bring him down. It'll be like uh, the end of Karate Kid. Um, but they're Italian. And Italian, it, it's just... It's palpable. It's who you are. It's what you eat. It's how you conduct yourself. Ethnicity. Um, it's a huge part of your culture and your heritage. And we, there's still a connection to the old country because yeah. you heard about your grandparents who immigrated to New York. Yeah. And there's still some family over there. Your aunt's been to Italy yeah. and met some family. And it's just... Yeah, it's in their culture. It's in the food we eat. It's uh, it's it's a way of life. It's it's how they conduct themselves. It rem- it's so different from here in California. Anyone I've ever met or come across, people out here do say, "I'm Italian." Yeah. I'm Irish, yeah. and it it means nothing. It's completely meaningless. <laughs> it's in your DNA, but you don't see that. It's not. It's not apparent with you're, anyone who is, grows up here in you're, California. You're, you're in a Cal. You're you're a Californian. Who yeah. lives in a suburban tract home with zero uh, personality. We're so bland out here. We're so boring uh, compared to what's going on out there. Uh, it was just culture shock. Uh, but I, I loved it. Uh, how my uncle, how my aunt and uncle, uncle and aunt, uh, operate. So they drive to get their bread. Uh, Ithaca is a close, it's like an hour away. It's where Cornell is, uh, the Ivy League school. They drive an hour to get their bread from Ithaca Bakery. My aunt was saying, 
you call up, you order seven loaves, and then you go pick it up. And I was like, what? Because we get crappy bread from Walmart. <laughs> we get crappy, low-calorie bread. Yet they're super skinny. They're carbon it up. They, they have no worries. They, they're in great shape. They look fantastic. But, uh, again, just a completely 180. We do Walmart. We look for crappy, low-calorie bread. That's probably overpriced, my mom would think. Uh, they drive an hour to get their bread. I didn't want to tell Aunt Tina that our olive oil is great value Walmart oh, brand, but thank you. maybe thank she's you. hearing it right now. <laughs> she would have kicked us out. She would have kicked us to the curb. Speaking of kicking us to the curb, uh, there's no homeless. There, we walked around, zero tents. We saw some people uh, down on their luck, uh, uh, not, 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 uh, not having a great time in life, I would assume. Uh, but zero homeless, zero encampments. Uh, breath of fresh air. Um, my cousin Emily was saying that uh, there's more um, indigent people over near Binghamton, which is 10 minutes away-ish. Uh, but yeah, it's just like they, they don't have that issue and it was fantastic. Going to my cousin Emily. We're walking down the street because I'm like, take me to Main Street and let me see what's cracking. And uh, we just walk by someone and she says, it's someone she knows. And then uh, just going back to friendliness, Anytown, USA. So we went to CVS. They went to Price Chopper, which is, which is the supermarket here. And they, I'm saying, Emily and her husband, Kai. Uh, so we split up and then we met them and we went over to Price Chopper uh, to meet up with them. We're leaving and she's like, all right, see you later, Devin. I'm like, and we're walking out. And I go, oh, is that your high school friend? Did you go to high school with that guy? She's like, no, I, I just met him. And I was like, what? <laughs> Like, super friendly. Emily's very friendly. Yeah. She she talks to everybody that we come across. Tina, too. Tina, yes, too. Yes, They, I mean, endless stories of her just meeting people randomly, and then they have a, a, a fabric together. They have a, a connection together of cousins or coworkers or uh, just family in general. Blowing my mind. I loved it. Yeah. I wish we had that. We yeah, don't I, I wonder, I guess that's something that you develop when you live in a more, perhaps a more rural, rural area, because yeah. you need to make connections yeah. to help each other out yeah. and, you know, exchange goods and yeah. just you have more of a connection with people because you're a more tight knit community because yeah. you're far away from the big city. Yeah, I want that. Uh, we saw Amish. <gasps> we we're driving. We saw some Amish people out in uh Somewhere between this city and that city, where were we going? Ithaca. We saw a Mennonite girl. Yeah. And then a little bit later on, we saw an Amish girl, and yeah. Emily explained the difference. Yeah. And there's some Amish farms out there. Yeah. I've, I have I wanted to, like, stop and put on some Amish garb, cosplay a little. Cultural was... appropriation. And that, oop. Yeah, it made me think of uh, the movie Kingpin, starring Woody Harrelson and Randy Quaid. Uh, we're Amish. Okay, maybe they were Quakers, but they figured prominently. And uh, oop. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so there were dirty dishes, and you wanted to do them. You offered to do them. Me and Uncle Richard had to hold you back from washing these dirty dishes. And it wasn't like they were piling up, falling out of the sink. It was just some couple coffee mugs. Uh, what, what is this uh, inclination? Because you do this at your parents, too. You're, it's time to go. But I'll do the dishes first. I'm going to help with the dishes first. Someone's like, oh, okay, what? Well, because 
that's how I have value is by being helpful mm. and useful. Yeah. Otherwise, what am I doing here? I, I provide zero value. <laughs> I offer to do nothing. Uh, I offer to pay for nothing because our money is no good there. Going back to hospitality and uh, old school Italians. Even Emily picked us up from the airport and she was like, prepare to eat from the second you walk in. And it was absolutely 100% true. Uh, but yeah, I was like, I'm going to take this time. <laughs> I don't have to make coffee. I don't have to do dishes. We don't have to cook. We don't have to pay for anything. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, uh, I was zesty on vacation, took a shower the first night. And then the second night I didn't cause I was like, eh, I'm a little, I'm vacation zesty. I'm not terrible. It was, it was muggy out there. Uh, did get a little musty. Uh, but the second night I was like, ah, I just want to crash and pass out. And I was lazy and then I slept terribly the whole night because I was like, oh, I should have taken a shower. I should have taken a shower. <laughs> did you brush your teeth? Yes, I did. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I forgot my toothbrush in Sacramento. Uh, and so I asked if I could borrow yours. And you were hesitant, honey. Why? Well, I, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> what? Why not? Well, it's we unhygienic. Share... <laughs> <laughs> we share many fluids, honey. <laughs> Uh, we were we were in Reno or Tahoe, uh, but I forgot a laundry bag, a little a garbage bag to bring that I could throw my dirty clothes into while we were uh, cavorting on vacation. And you refused, you refused to share your laundry garbage bag with me. What, what's the deal, honey? What's the... In hindsight, I should have shared my laundry bag with you. I just, I thought it would be a hassle to try to separate our dirty clothes when we came home. Isn't that part of the vows through marriage and forgetting toothbrushes and laundry bags? Uh, We didn't do Boom Boom. Uh, Auntie and Uncle Richard's house, it's older, uh, built in the 50s, but uh, thinner walls, wooden floors, it would have been loud, echoey, although it wouldn't have lasted very long. I mean, rain, honey, but... uh, we didn't do it. We, we thought about it. We thought about it. But we were, we were respectful. We were respectful guests. And that bed, it was a, the one where you yank out of a, a pullaway, right? Yeah. You yank out of the couch, uh, which, I, which I dug because I like a hard, firm surface for my old, old aching back. Uh, but Boom Boom was not in the cards. Okay. The, we went out there to spread my dad's ashes. Um, so if you're just joining us. My dad died about five months ago. I found out about four months ago. He wasn't in my life, was not in my life for about 35 years. Um, He's originally from New York. He went to California when he was 25 uh, because he got involved with the wrong crowd. He did some bad things and he went to California to start a new life and have me. uh, He went to California just for you, honey. Yes, yes. And it was worth it. Uh, that's a little prologue. By the way, I recently read a book. I'm reading the book. But I wasn't paying attention, so I just started reading it. And three pages in, I was, this sounds like a prologue, but I kept reading. Six pages in, when's he going to get to the good stuff? <laughs> After nine page pro, nine pages, it's the end. I look up, it's the prologue. I was <sighs> like, what the hell, dude? All that reading, and you haven't even started chapter one yet. I don't. I, I don't need no prologue. Like, what the hell? It's like a Marvel cutscene. It's like a DVD extra. I, I I don't need that. Why isn't the prologue just chapter one? 
Because it's not good enough. Because it's not good enough. <laughs> it should have been on the editing floor. It doesn't make the cut. Uh, yeah. Or like or write it on a blog or something. I, I don't know. I was like, oh, I just wasted nine <laughs> pages of my life. Anywho. Uh, so we got the ashes. Um, he died uh, outside Houston. They mailed him to my Aunt Tina. First of all, there were heck of ashes, dude. Like it was a heavy box and it's a giant bag in this box. I'll say it was 10, 15 pounds. And so we're Uncle Richard did this whole. It was like a he was like a freaking uh, technician in the lab. But uh, so he starts pouring it into a bunch of old uh, pill bottles, medical bottles, and just little empty bottles uh, Antina has around. Uh, we filled like 10 bottles, and we still have a good 50% of him, his ashes. So I, it's too much. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess they can't disintegrate it further, but it's like, dude, like this is, this is a lot of ashes. Uh, so the plan was to spread his ashes first at a bridge. We went to three. It was a three-hour tour, a three-part tour. Well, it was like we were a, a rock band on tour. We went to three different locations. First, we spread his ashes at a bridge he used to jump off into the river. And then we went to Trout Ponds Park, which is where he used to frolic as a young man. And then we went to a cemetery uh, to spread the ashes at uh, his dad's uh grave on top of his dad's grave now my aunt had a vision but she didn't explain it well or i couldn't see it i couldn't wrap my head around it and also we're doing this via text so it's very difficult i was a little skeptical she said a lot of people are going to show up well first of all i was like people are going to show up my dad was there 50 years ago he was there for a short amount of time so no offense, but you're going to have like 70-year-olds showing up with some stories from 50 years. I, I, it didn't make sense to me. And I was like, uh, sure, Aunt Tina, whatever. It went perfectly, flawlessly. But initially, I was like, eh, okay. But she was like, just go with it. We'll play it by ear. We'll see what happens. First of all, she brought real plates and silverware. She was like, we're not eating on paper plates for your dad. It's not that kind of event. So she brought like real plates real silverware to a picnic in a park classy move loved it uh, we got a bunch of sandwiches and salads from a place called annie's place in newark valley new york this is where the trout ponds park is uh, she had music so we went through the night before we went through a bunch of oldies she was just going through apple music going through a bunch of 50s songs um, i thought it was a good there wasn't dancing but it kept it was like a good, uh, good heartbeat to the whole thing. It was, it was a nice move. The weather was perfect. It was a little warm in the morning, but then it got, got gloomy. Like I said, it was a little musty. Um, but overall, perfect weather. It wasn't rainy. It wasn't too cold. It wasn't too hot. Weather was outstanding. Um, I went to this place when I went as a 13-year-old to Trout Ponds Park. Uh, my family had a reunion. That's when I first. That's when I first met Antina. Uh, so I went here 30 years ago. It was a, like a whole full circle thing. Uh, life come back. Life comes back at you. Uh, the place was gorgeous. Well, that entire area, upstate, downstate New York, tons of green. We would just be driven around, and we're just like, wow, it's, it's beautiful. It's really lush. 
lots of hills and tons of trees, just green everywhere yeah. you turn. Tons of cute towns that we rolled through. Um, and last time I was there was in Octoberish, Novemberish. So all that green was orange and red and yellow. Beautiful. But that that area of New York is is just is is lovely to look at. There are no trash cans at the park. So we went to Trout Ponds Park and then we went to another park the next day, Cayuga Lake Park. Um, part of the Finger Lakes family, honey. There's no trash cans, dude. It's really weird. Like you're done with something. You're done with your sandwich. And they and they we they brought bags. We brought bags to collect the trash. So New York State Parks have this policy called carry in, carry out, meaning if you bring it in, you bring it out and then take care of it. You dispose of it somewhere. And I was like, okay, that could be a recipe for disaster, but there was no litter. Yeah, we the two parks we went to, I didn't see any trash on the ground. So people are responsible, I guess, for the most part. I'm sure you have some who don't follow the rules, yeah. but at least what we saw, it was very clean and people took responsibility. Yeah, you saw there's some ne'er-do-wells, but uh, yeah, it blew my mind. You could never get away with that in California. Or maybe you could. Maybe we, we don't trust people enough or <laughs> we don't have faith in humanity. I don't have faith in humanity, but it's working out there. Um I felt like a celebrity. Okay. I felt, <laughs> I felt like I was on tour um, because a lot of people came here to pay tribute to my dad and meet me. And, uh, and that, that was, that was cool. Um, so we get together. There's about 20 people, mostly cousins. Um, and it was just, it was just a moment. Like there were laughs, there were tears, tons of memories. I remember your dad doing this and we did this and he did this and then just family stuff like uh his mom would cook and lots of food lots of food talk italians are big on food how about that uh how about that uh spaghetti um just eating this and this candy drawer and we, we we used to uh fish with your dad and uh, jump off bridges and just get into hijinks uh, with your dad. And uh, I, I loved everything. Everyone was, you look just like your dad. You're so handsome. Well, thank you. <laughs> you want a selfie? Um, and uh, they they called him Vin- Vinci back in the day when he was a kid. Lennox calls me Vinci, Da Vinci. I thought that was, just came uh, full circle. That was, that was, that was a trip. Um, but it was just like, I was super skeptical, but it, it played itself out perfectly. It was such a nice day, such a beautiful tribute. Your aunt brought old yearbooks and she bookmarked yeah. pages where your dad was featured. Yeah. Tons of old pictures throughout his youth and you provided pictures and she had some of you when you were a baby with your dad. Yeah. Um, the table setting, as you mentioned, she brought real plates. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit nicer. It wasn't your typical like picnic in the park. It was yeah. it was classy. And a lot of things, this was a really nice touch. Um, Aunt Tina brought like salt sh- salt and pepper shakers that right. were from her ch- their childhood home. Yeah, they were really significant. Tablecloths that I th- believe were at her, her parents' house. Yeah. Or her grandparents' house. Yeah. So there was like a personal sentimental touch to everything. Yeah. And it was so lovely. She's so good. She did so well. Someone asked can uh, someone asked her, uh, can you do my 
a funeral party arrangement. And I said, dude, you could you could be like a Martin Short in uh, the the father of the bride. Father of the bride. <laughs> you could be a, you'd be a wedding planner. You could be an ash spreading planner. Um, but tons of questions. Some people didn't know I existed. Some people uh, didn't know that he ever made it out to San Diego. So they were asking about me and us and our lives and what we do. Um, asking about, we told him about Lennox and Luna. Asking about my mom. A lot of people didn't even know about my mom. I'm showing him pictures of us. I'm showing him pictures, pictures of my mom. Pictures of Lennox and Luna. And it was just, it was, we were strangers, but we were family. And it was an odd feeling, but it was just, it, it was really familiar and comfortable it was really cool how you got to hear stories yeah from your dad's youth that yeah. you didn't know about and then they got to hear stories from yeah. his california years that they yeah. didn't know about so that was nice exchange of stories yeah everyone was so friendly yeah. and warm and welcoming, welcoming and just made us feel like we were part of the group yeah yeah and even though i don't look like none of them <laughs> or i guess i look like my dad uh and well, I, I, I wondered how you would figure into the mix because I've been out there once in 1990, 30 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. 32 years ago. Uh, so I figured, I figured how I was like, how am I going to figure How am I going to fit into this whole thing? And how are you going to fit? Cause even I know, I barely know them, uh, Tina and Richard in the, in the grand scale of things. Um, but they, they, like their house just felt like home. Um, and then, yeah, the the event, uh, everyone was just lovely. Um, tons of smiles. It uh, warmed my freaking heart, my cold, cold, <laughs> dead heart. Um, it was just, it was just a wonderful time. And, uh, and uh, so we eat, we uh, congregate uh, and we spread the ashes um, and can you describe the flowers, my Aunt Tina? She grabbed them from an antique store. A beautiful touch. I think Aunt Tina wasn't out looking for this, but she happened to come across um, a ton of little, like, handmade flowers. Yeah. They were made out of um, wood chips. Yeah. They looked and felt like paper. Yeah. And uh, there were a few different designs, roses. I don't know what the other flowers are called. Yeah. And they were quite small, like... They fit into the palm of your hand. Yeah. So you and Tina each had ashes to put into the creek, and then everyone there got a flower. So we all threw a flower into the creek. Yeah, it was really like a good like participation thing, because Tina and I, we each spread ashes on our own uh, in front of everybody. Uh, everybody was uh, gathered together. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really nice uh, just gesture a movement that everyone throws some ashes it was beautiful watching all the white flowers go down the creek yeah some got stuck and then uncle richard grabbed his giant stick and he started like (laughs) moving rocks around and water freed the flowers so they continued down the creek (laughs) free those flowers uncle richard and i love that also because they're going to disintegrate and you're not you're not leaving any trash Ah, uh, appeals to your uh your tree hugger side honey oh yeah um so antina she was just, she wasn't broken up, but she just couldn't say anything. I said a few words. I'm not going to try to repeat myself because I hate when people do that. Uh, it was in the moment. It's on film. I, I'm pretty sure uh, one uncle or cousin, someone was filming. Uh, I don't know where it is, um, but I spoke from my heart 
And I said, he is my hero. My dad is my hero. <laughs> I'm going to cry right now. Pause. Do a slow close-up, honey, with the camera. Zoom in on my face because it's about to get emotional. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to try to regurgitate what I said, but I was in the moment. It was a few sentences, uh, and it was just I, I spoke from, from my cold, dead heart, my previously mentioned cold, dead heart. It began lightly sprinkling right after I spread the ashes. So you can say, oh, that was completely random. Or you can say that was my dad. Or you can say that was God. Or you can say that was just the universe acting. But it was, it was, it was moving. It was a little noteworthy, um, depending on what purpose you want to assign to it. But uh, there were kids there. So there were like young boys shirtless young boys running around causing mayhem and I, that was my dad 70 years ago dude that was my dad 70 years ago running around with sticks being up to god knows what um and that that really like hit me that really touched me uh and tina kept saying he would have loved this absolutely um just coming together um it was just love it was just all love and it's a unique situation with what my dad, the kind of life he led. Um, but it was just, it, it was, it was right. It was perfect. Um, my dad was an interesting dude. He led a complex life. Um, but he was free. And it was his choice to be free, to be homeless, to be off the grid and and holding out, holding down a job, and coming home every night at five p.m. and then getting up at eight a.m. Um, it was just not in his DNA. He he couldn't do that. Uh, so he lived this other life, which is freaking unimaginable to me. Like just you don't know, you don't know anything, and I'm sure there's ton there's danger. Um, and just uh, struggle. And I, I, I couldn't in my wildest dreams live that life. I would never want to live that life. But that was his choice. And you can't take that away from him. Um, so, seven, eight years ago, Aunt Tina came out to Oakland. And we hung out for the day. It was like six, seven, eight out. We walked around, we ate, drove around a little. Um, and at one point, she said, well, if I get the call about him dying, uh, do you want me to call you? Do you want me to let you know? And I told her no. I don't know why I told her no. I'm an idiot. Okay, I was, okay, I was in my mid to late 30s. <laughs> I... I I, I've, I've, I'm not angry. I was never angry at him. I think it was just me saying, uh, what would be the point? But the our, us going to New York was the freaking point, dude. Thank goodness she didn't listen to you. And yeah. she did call you when she found out yeah. he passed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that and, was a good choice. Yeah. And we talked about it uh, this past week. Um, and she said, I, I think you might have changed your mind. I wanted, I just wanted to throw it out there. But. Yeah, I, I don't know what my thinking was. Well, I think my, my thinking was just like, I, I haven't seen him for 30 years. 
what is what does it matter? What does it mean to me? How's that gonna affect my life? Thank goodness she called me. Thank goodness we had this time. Um, we went through a bunch of old pictures and letters, and like my dad. <laughs> so he's in his late teens, early twenties. He and he's writing to his little sister, Antina, who's eight years, uh, his junior, ten years, something like that. But he's t- he's writing these letters. What the one she she had me read because she knew what was in it. They go to him and his friends go to this bar and they get into a, a brawl and then they go outside and they they like scratch up key the guy's car who they got into a fight with and then they can't get back to the bar and then the guys in the bar come outside and there's a freaking car chase ensues it's just like why are you writing to your little sister oh my gosh it was fun to see his handwriting wasn't it i thought that was cool yeah 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 writing letters man uh the other letter i did read um he just he just and this was in his early mid-20s he just had regret like he wished he had more time with his parents. Um, he he skedaddled to California, or he was just uh, rolling with the homies, the the bad people. So he spent little to no time with his with straight people, really, including his mom and dad. Um, one thing that Tina she still wanted to do was uh she the original plan was for us to fly to Houston, grab the ashes, split them up, do God knows what with it. Um, although 15 pounds of ashes, that, that's a lot of splitting up, but she still was talking about when we were in New York, she's like, I, I wanted to like talk to people and investigate, um, essentially interview homeless people about my dad and what kind of man he is and what, what kind of life he led. I understand that desire. I don't. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I, I totally understand that desire just to, like. Mm. What did, who what was he doing in his his these final years of his and who knew him yeah. and what did his life look like? Yeah. We don't know. Well, I have an idea of all those questions: struggle, survival, uh, just trying to get by, just living. And I I don't want to remember my dad that way. I don't I don't want to know that stuff. But thankfully, we weren't like in Houston poking around in homeless encampments and those people don't want to be interviewed <laughs> they don't want they don't want to they don't want to talk um it could have been bad it could have been bad maybe yeah uh there was cash uh, no wallet no bag no clothes well i mean he was wearing clothes but we didn't get him i, I don't need his clothes um but it was 134 dollars in cash uh, i'm going straight to the club honey <laughs> we're gonna make it rain um I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Uh, I think, well, I was thinking of just uh, taking you out, showing you off at Firehouse. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Like Firehouse Restaurant. Let's go. Okay. Let's do it. <sighs> okay. You can pan out on the, no more zooming, no more close-ups, please. Pan out. We're going to the wide shot. Camera B. Shot B. Uh, let's talk about what really matters, honey. Food. Uh, what we ate when we out there. What we ate when we were out there. When um, we out there. <laughs> we, we out there eating. Uh, we got a couple takeaway, takeout um, for the ashes spreading. And then the next day we went to Cayuga Park to meet a few more. Cayuga Lake uh, to meet a few more people. Um, but 
we didn't go to a restaurant, which I thought was fabulous. Like they were cooking, uh, Tina cooked one meal. Um, Kai, Emily's husband, who is a chef at some fancy vegetarian restaurant in Vancouver cooked. Um, so first of all, Kai flirted with making poutine for us. Putin, Vladimir Putin. He didn't. I wanted to try it. We still have to have that someday. That would have been good. Uh, first night we went there, uh, Kai, who is half Korean, half Japanese, half white. My half a brute. Half, three halves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, no math on the pod. Um, so first thing, he, he made some noodles, Jap, Japche or Japche noodles. They're essentially thin uh, rice noodles uh, with some veggies. And then he made bulgogi which is a meat with sauce. I would throw it in the family of uh, the meat from beef and broccoli. Gyoza, gyoza, which is essentially a pot sticker, which is thinner dough. Um, it's Japanese, but he Koreanized them. I don't know how. <laughs> and then he made fried anchovies. Uh, one bowl was hot, spicy. One bowl was sweet. The guy's a freaking genius. Um, this meal, like, set it off, dude. Night one. And we were up for 40 hours straight. We didn't sleep on the freaking plane. Red eye. Worst flight ever. Um, but we, we were like, we were rolling. We got second wins. We got third wins. <laughs> but this this meal was unbelievable. Uh, I thought the nudes were good. The bulgogi uh, was good. Gyoza, gyoza, fried anchovies. Not my thing. I was so excited to try these. I've never eaten just a whole anchovy. Yeah. I think once 20 years ago, I accidentally got some on a pizza. Yeah. Uh, so you just pick up the whole little fishy with your chopstick and you eat the thing whole. You stare at its eye and you <laughs> say, I'm going to eat you. It was similar to beef jerky. Yeah. Really salty. Yeah. It was good. I ate a little pile of them. I, I had a couple spoonfuls. A little gritty uh, for my taste, but I, I tried them. Um and then we drank uh, Bud Light Lime and some Molson, which is a Canadian beer. I wonder if Uncle Richard got it for... Well, Kai doesn't drink, but he's Canadian. Uh, I don't know. And then the red wine was a flowing. And this is the night when uh, Antina was like, okay, I want to make a soundtrack for the ashes spreading ceremony. So she goes on Apple Music. And this is all on her phone. Um, she just she just starts going through songs. Little Richard, Elvis Presley, Beatles, blah, blah, blah. And... Uh, like the food, the music, the drink, uh, my dad, New York, my Italian side, Sicilian. Like it was just really a f- fun night. It was a per- it was a perfect it was a perfect night. It was we were laughing. Yeah, we were enjoying each other's company. Yeah, we were in their cozy, cute kitchen, yeah. dining room. Yeah, it was it was great. It was it was it's just, it was just so like lovely like. My heart was full. Um, it, just, it meant so much to me. And just, we're going through, yeah, uh, Long Tall Sally, Little Richard, good song. She puts on uh, Elvis, uh, Hound Dog. I'm like, hmm, that's an okay song, but it's not the best Elvis song. Skip. Next song. Next. And we're just doing it. So we're talking about music. We're listening to music. We're, uh, we got the vino flowing, a little bit of, of the alky. Um, I was like, oh, this is what I'm missing. Um, if you're just joining us, I'm half Vietnamese. I don't get this from my Vietnamese side. And it's really weird because 
I'm so much closer. My personality is so much closer to uh, my Italian side. But they're freaking 3,000 miles away. Um, my Vietnamese side, good people. They've been there for me when I needed needed them. Um, not bad, but I, it's just not a vibe, dude. Um, they're very buttoned up. Very traditional. Very stuck in the Vietnamese culture. Uh, and they speak Vietnamese 100% of the time unless they want to talk to me. So I'll get like two sentences in English and that's wonderful. Uh, but, and I would say my mom, because my mom moved to San Diego and did her own thing because sticking to the hardcore Vietnamese uh, culture and tradition was not her, her bag. And so I, I, she's very Americanized. So I, I went that way. She raised me. Um, and so it's, there's always been, there's a huge wave, a huge disconnect uh, between me and my Vietnamese side, and I, I hold, they're they're good people. I hold zero ill will, but they're just not my peeps. But sitting around with Antina, Uncle Richard, Emily, and Kai, and you, honey, um, I was like, man, this this is what I'm missing. And I was just like, oh, they live so far, but we we had we had the time together. Uh, it was it just it meant so much to me. Uh, the next night, we went Italian, Antina, with a little help from Kai. Uh, they made pasta. You helped them make meatballs, honey. Yes. In a cast iron pan, which you're against. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> you, you claim it's difficult to clean. We don't need it. I'm not good enough of a cook to have an opinion on a pan. Let's be real. Uh, something called squirrel bread. It's basically just bread with a bunch of sesame seeds and stuff on it uh coffee ice cream with a brownie on top sauce versus gravy very controversial in the italians some people call it sauce some people call it gravy we call it marinara (laughs) the red stuff (laughs) Uh, there's been fights there's been fights over uh sauce versus gravy i well jersey shore called it sunday sauce so i'm gonna go with jersey shore they're italian right uh the meatballs, dude, right out of the cast iron pan, like they're crunchy outside and then like delicate fell apart on the inside. Meatballs were fantastic. I um, helped make the meatballs. Yeah. So, and I wrote it down step by step. Yeah. So now I can do it. Good. Uh, the sauce slash gravy. She didn't make original. She cheated. Okay, it's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was good. And then the ice cream was a brand called Perry's, which I've never seen. Uh, in the West Coast in my time in California. But it was Perry's Bittersweet Symphony coffee ice cream with bittersweet fudge swirls and fudge chunks. This freaking ice cream was the bomb, dude. I was like, this most coffee ice cream, you're like, eh, okay, I guess that's coffee ice cream. But you could really taste it and it was done really well. I want to move to freaking New York just for this ice cream. Uh, you had some vanilla, which was a good vanilla, but yeah. Perry's ice cream. I was do what the do what the old people do. They've they've eaten everything on the planet, and they're in their sixties and seventies. They've narrowed it down to the best items, the best products, such as your mom. Uh, she gets only the best. Same with my mom. Uh, take after their purchasing habits, steal their ideas, 
they eat the best of the best. One morning we wake up and Uncle Richard's like, here's a farmer's breakfast. We were like, all right, I'm not a farmer. But uh, so what it was was tomatoes fresh from their garden, uh, drizzled in olive oil, balsamic vinegar, uh, some garlic, sliced garlic, and some basil or basil, if you want to pronounce it that way. Uh, I thought this was so freaking we love tomatoes this was the best breakfast yes we love tomatoes there was also a board with a couple chunks of cheese two kinds of cheese and some crusty bread some warm bread with a nice chewy crust and uncle richard said don't be afraid to dip the bread in the olive oil yeah and i was like whoo boy game changer i will not be afraid (laughs) game changer uh there was there was always fresh coffee i didn't have to make our crappy great value our crappy great value coffee our crappy great value bread our crappy great value olive oil um but uh yeah dipping that that bread into the olive oil slash balsamic vinegar was outrageous um and then so i see uncle richard he grabs the olive oil and he walks over to the tomatoes and he starts pouring some and i'm like okay it needs a little more olive oil whatever homeboy hood (laughs) Homeboy held the friggin' bottle of olive oil. I counted one, two, three, four, five, six, yes. seven seconds of all. It's like, let it flow. Thanks for the extra 8,000 calories there, Uncle Richard. But yeah, it was, it <laughs> it was, was fantastic. Outrageous. Uh, super good. Uh, and Tina makes her own peanut butter brew. And you're a, cre- you're a creamy peanut butter gal. I'm a chunky peanut butter bro how will our love survive it's it's caused a rift in our marriage but uh she blends it to where it's like grainy it's a little gritty it's perfect yeah she just throws the peanuts in the food processor yeah and out comes magic it was the perfect consistency yeah i love that like grainy texture yeah it was so good uh yeah the cheeses uh, i'm not a cheese guy i had a piece of one of the blocks but it was definitely a high quality cheese. <sighs> Meanwhile, we got our <laughs> grated, great value, sharp cheddar. You don't let me splurge on cheese. Oh, yeah. This is your fault. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you for the full hearts and full bellies, uh, Aunt Tina and Uncle Richard. Thank you for the 15 pounds I gained. Um, <laughs> America's too big, dude. Like flying to them is six hours. My mom, 500 miles away. Let's just all, <laughs> can we all get together? Like, t- go back to the Amish. Go back to, let's, let's get a compound. Uh, like the Latter-day Saints or whatever. Uh, let's build some houses in uh, on a plot in Utah. And let's just all yes. hang. Let's all live near each other. When we were hanging with uh, Antino and Uncle Richard, I was like, this once a month, I would be here. I would be here. We would be imposing ourselves on them. And, on a regular basis. And they would be super welcoming, door open policy. Um, we left the windows open all day. Like, so there, there was no uh, fear of crime or breaking in. Crime doesn't exist in Endicott. <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, your parents who were here uh, taking care of Len and Luna. Uh, but your mom, like, closed our sliding door, which is on the second story. Like, no one's going to get in, Liz. But she's scared, paranoid. 
I always, I, I, not on the second floor, but yeah, we're totally used to closing up all our windows on the first floor, locking every door. Yeah. Looking behind our shoulder. But not the second floor. <laughs> no, no, no. But we leave windows open all the time. Uh, okay, I see here in my notes that Liz and Alan did stay here for a couple days slash nights. Uh, I haven't reviewed all 72 hours of video, but I will be just to make sure he didn't uh, nip at my beer. Uh, I see here in my notes that Liz may have access to the dark web. Well, let's just <laughs> oh, no. FBI.gov. Uh, what about them sleeping, honey? Uh, do they know about the outside clothes rule? Did they sleep in our, in our bed? Did they sleep under our covers? <laughs> Alan said he crashed on the couch one night, but then he got scared of Frankie because Frankie uh, clawed me <laughs> in the middle of my sleep. Frankie is so annoying during the night. And yeah. for some reason, I didn't even think about this before we were leaving. And I knew my parents were going to stay here. Yeah. Frankie, he runs all over the house. He gets the zoomies. Yeah. He gets hungry and He's he'll jump hungry. up in your face and meow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so my poor dad and mom had to deal with that a little bit. Well, so your dad went to our bedroom, closed the door, which is a no, 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 which caused Frankie to scratch at the carpet. <laughs> Thanks, Alan Fisher. Um, they took out our trash uh, as we instructed them to do so, although they did face the trash can and recycling cans in the wrong direction in the garage. <sighs> These kids, you got to teach them young. You got to get them young. Um, they did get lost. I see here in my notes, there were reports from <laughs> Luna uh, that they got lost going to McDonald's. Oh, no. West Sack is very small. That's my fault. You told me before we mm. left. Give yeah. your parents instructions on yeah. like, oh yeah, to the Rayleighs, to McDonald's, yeah. like all the hot spots. Yeah. And I said, no, they'll figure it out. Give them, give them a, a Thomas Brothers book uh, to all to all the um, local McDonald's. Yeah, uh, and then there was a towel on a on the hook in our shower. That's not where we put towels. <laughs> Lizard lips. Um, but overall, super grateful. Super grateful for Antina and Uncle Richard. Super grateful for your parents for taking the kids uh, for uh, three, four days. The kids had so much fun. Yeah. I mean, a few days with grandma and grandpa doesn't get any better. Alan took Lennox frisbee golfing or? They played tennis. Tennis, tennis. Yeah. Uh, they got sweets and yeah. fast food. Yeah. They went on drives. They went on walks. Yes. Yeah. So we're super lucky. Um I just, I wish we all lived closer, but we don't. Anyways, um, yeah. So I got I got some of my dad um, in, a, in a little uh, beaker, like from science class. Uh, and I'm going to bring him down to San Diego in about a month uh, with my mom. We're going to go to the beach and uh, spread his ashes there. Uh Auntie and Uncle Richard are going to, I don't know, they have so many ashes of my dad. <laughs> but another thing they're going to do is uh, they're going to go to uh, their Tina and my dad's mom's side, uh, her grave, and spread the ashes there. Uh, they'll still have tons of ashes. We were about to do that, but it was a long day. It was kind of rainy, kind of muggy. And I was just like, I, I just want to go home. Um, Emily, she's a rock star. She's I met her once when she was six months old or whatever, when I was 13. Uh, but she's out. She's just, she's, she's got an opinion. 
and she's hilarious and she's so much fun. She drove us around everywhere um, in Ithaca where the streets are small. There's tons of parking. It's It was raining. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry. There's tons of cars parked. There is no parking. Tight streets. Lots of hills up in uh, where Cornell is. I was like, oh, man, I would hate be, to be driving. But she didn't even worry about it. Well, she said, growing up there, you just drive. You drive to this town 20 minutes away. You drive to that town an hour away. Um, we drove to one town, uh, which was 20-ish minutes, 30 minutes away. And she's like, oh, yeah, I drove my mom here three times a week when whatever she was doing whatever in that town. I was like, wow, that's quite the drive. That's a lot of driving. Um, but, uh, yeah, she was fantastic. Kai is cooking. Oh, so good. So good. And he's a hapa brew, just like me. Um, yeah, my heart is full. But now, honey, real life sets in. It's back to making our own coffee. It's back to doing dishes. Uh, we, we went grocery shopping this morning. And I was like, oh, God, what the <laughs> hell is the point of all this? Um, it's back to life. Back to life. It's terrible. <laughs> but that is life. Back to errands. Back to job. I'm going to go back to work. Um, but overall, just a fantastic week. Antine was perfect. Uh, I want to go. I want to go to Vancouver, dude. Yeah. I want to go hang with M and Kai. Um, but yeah. Anything else, honey? Or are we done, honey? I just feel really grateful that I got to be involved in all this. Yeah. I'm privileged to have married you and to be a part of all your extended family. I'm really thankful. Yeah. They're uh, they're. Uh, they're a cast of characters, and they align with who I am, who I've become. And uh, it's terrible, my dad dying, but uh, we got this moment in life, this experience, and that was that was uh, that was great. Yeah. Lots of laughs, lots of smiles, some tears, all love, uh, and that's it. Are we done, honey? Yes. Okay, we're done. Oh, bye bye. And uh, oop. Restart your plane. Alrighty. Well, that's the end of the program. It's been fun, but not really. Let's all try a little harder next time. Like, comment, subscribe, follow, review, and rate. Or don't. Do whatever you want. You're a grown up. Make your own decisions. Do what's best for your family. Please be sure to use our promo code for MeUndies. We don't have a promo code for MeUndies. <laughs> Goodbye, my parasocial podcast friends. I love you. My wife and I love you. We hope you have a good day today and tomorrow. You. And sure, I may have wanted to use my wife's toothbrush. I don't think that's a big deal. In the end, because Antina had several. I grabbed one. She gave me one. Uh, but in the end, if we were uh, in, in uh, India or the outskirts of Mumbai. Would you let me use your toothbrush, honey? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but I'm still a good person and we're still good people. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. Thank you for caring. I hope you have a wonderful day slash night. All ball bar. Little addendum here. It's just me. It's a solo pod. My sparkling wifey is on the couch. Um, two things I wanted to mention. Uh, one was that uh, one gentleman couldn't come to the spreading of the ashes uh his name was dan
cousin of my dad, but he said he was more like a friend. Uh, and he was telling me stories of kids being kids. Um, but one thing is that uh, they got wind of some local girls who were having a little get together at uh, someone's house. And so him and my dad to, uh, to be on the low, low, be on the DL to be all Tom Clancy, ghost recon, uh, spy level. They, uh, climbed under blackberry bushes. Like they, they dug dirt under blackberry bushes so they wouldn't be noticed. And then they kind of, uh, dra- what do they call it when the army? Army crawled. Or they army crawled <laughs> over to a bedroom window to eavesdrop and listen to what the girls were up to. All their, uh, their girl stuff. Women. Girls be shopping. Girls be shopping. Am I right? And then the other thing is that uh, me and Carolyn, my wife, and uh, we're talking to Leonard Gray, another cousin. And uh, I think he put it best. He said, uh, we all make bad decisions. We all make bad choices. We're idiots. We we make uh, choices not in our best interest. Um, but they're easy to recover from. Like, having a pizza for breakfast or something like that. Um, But uh, my dad's choices at this particular point in his life, uh, way back in the day, um, were just insurmountable, life-changing. He couldn't recover from them. He couldn't go back to normal. And uh, they were were just, they, they affected him for the rest of his life and much more gravity- uh, to these decisions he made as opposed to just normal uh, bad choices, everyday bad choices. Uh, he just could not bounce back from them. They changed his life until the end of his life. And I thought that was profound. Alrighty, the end. Bye.